Hello, my fanist friends. Welcome to my podcast feed. Powered by ACAS Plus, here's a joke from my son. What did the bum say to the other bum? That's a bummer. You know, not for everyone. Uh, so, uh, look, thanks to everyone who's come to see the previews of Can I Have My Ball Back. It's been going really, really well, and uh, I'm really pleased with how the show's turning out. It's officially on tour now from Wednesday. I'll be at the Leicester Square Theatre. A couple of tickets left. Lots of press coming to that one. It'd be lovely to sell out, but there are a few other London gigs not selling as well. So if you're going to come to London... Maybe look up those other London gigs. And then this week I'll be in St Albans on Thursday, Gloucester on Friday, Chorley on Saturday, which is sold out. You can join the waiting list. And Glasgow on Sunday, two shows. I think the earlier show is sold out. Check with the venue, but the later show has some availability. Come along if you can. If you enjoy these podcasts and like them being free, then the great way to pay me back is to buy a ticket to a show or buy a download or a book from gofasterstripe.com. But you can just keep listening for free as well. That pays me back also. So, you know, no no pressure. But I'd love to see you there. If you just know me from the podcast and don't know me as a stand-up, I'm pretty good as a stand-up. It's a good show. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's only made about seven men faint so far. So, you know, are you brave enough to take the challenge? Let's sit back, relax and enjoy whichever podcast you're listening to now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to another Rahalastava Book Club. I am delighted to be joined by Shabaker, who is talking about a fantastic book called Normal Schmormal, my occasionally helpful guide to parenting kids with special needs. Hello, Ashley. Hello. How are you doing? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm all right, although I will warn you, I had a uh, COVID booster yesterday and I have okay. a sore arm. Shouldn't hurt, shouldn't really affect the, a podcast, a sore oh. left arm. But, I hope not. I won't punch you in the arm. No. It's like the BCG no. of, of old. Mind my exactly. BCG. It's the new it's 21st century BCG. Um, lo- lovely to see you, Ashley. I obviously know you and we've worked together in the past. Uh, but for people who are unaware of who you might be, could you give, us a, little, dare they? Could you give us a little rundown of uh, who you are and what you've done before, before this book? Um, I've had, well, I've, I've done... Have several phases of my life that I've, I've I've been through. So I started in in a comedy sense. Uh, I was a producer for many years at the BBC in radio and comedy, and uh, started making Little Britain in January two thousand, and made many panel shows. Some of which we've worked on together. Yep. Had you wanted to guess what have you? And then 
somehow, weirdly, I moved into performing at some point about six, seven years ago. And now I've written my first book as well. So yeah. uh, I, I, which is based actually on a Radio 4 series that, uh, of, of my own called Ashley Baker 6.5 Children. And yeah. the book is a, a kind of spins off of that a little bit. Yeah. Well, well, it's an interesting decision to go. I mean, a few producers have, have then gone to comedy or a few comedians have been produced. Like Armando Iannucci is a good example. He was a before begging producer who's then performed and now directs and produce. Uh, so, you know, it's not that these jobs are unconnected, but you were a producer for a long time before. And I know you tried out stand-up when you were a teenager, right? Is that I right? did. That's right. That's right. I did. I I was, I did stand-up when I was like 16. Right. Um, and uh, I would say I was quite good. I will say I was good for a 16-year-old, yeah. but shit by any general standard, I think. I mean, they would either go, and they would sometimes, the, the audiences would either love it or they would just decide there is no way we're going to laugh at a spotty teenager and would just uh, heckle me off. And there was no way I didn't have any of the skills to ever turn it around. So if the audience decided they didn't like me, that was it. I, yeah. I really should have got off in the first minute. There's no point in carrying on. I think it's very hard because, you know, obviously most comedy gigs are at least, you know, people in their 20s, <laughs> I'll, call, I'll call them adults. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I, you know, I remember the same when, when kids, when, you know, kids and teenagers did stand up as a stand up, you're always a bit skeptical and a bit like, Oh, uh, and it could go one of either ways. Uh, Jack Carroll was an example of somebody who did very well yeah. with it, but, um, but mainly, some of them went really well. Yeah. yeah. Some of them went really well, but I guess you just don't have at that age, you just don't have, well, certainly I didn't have any of the skills to turn around if it wasn't going well. No, exactly. And it was, you know, I think you're, I think you're on a hiding to nothing really, but yeah, it's a, it's a very brave thing to attempt. So what was it? What was it? I'm just kind of interested in what kind of swung you back that way. Was it, uh, you know, you're a very successful producer and they say worked on Little Britain and that rock profile, which is one of my absolute favourite shows of all time. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you exactly what happened. And it was real serendipity. What happened was, so, Again, talking about different phases of my life, um, I have had a series of what I can only call hyperfixations. <laughs> and I should say, so I've just, well, just to recap, I've, so I've written this book, it's called Normal to Normal, My Occasionally Helpful Guide to Parents Kids with Special Needs. And it's about my children and their special needs. I have a, an adopted daughter with Down syndrome, two sons with autism and ADHD. But having written the book, I actually realized you know what, I could have been writing about myself. And I decided after writing it to get myself uh, assessed. And I will be writing an extra chapter about this in the uh, paperback. I've actually written it uh, in the paperback edition. That I was recently uh, diagnosed myself with autism and ADHD. Yes. Yes. That's the face of a man thinking, well, I could have told you that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, also, you're a comedian. You know, the fact that you're a comedian probably means that you've got an eight in ten chance. But yeah, you know, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I have had a huge number of incredible uh, hyperfixations in my life. One of which, bizarrely, was a kind of 10 year adherence to, I mean, I am Jewish. I mean, I'm born Jewish, will die Jewish but a 10-year adherence to very strict Orthodox Judaism. And during that period, I once got an email from a rabbi who said, I, I'd, I'd, someone was telling me about you, 
and uh, apparently you were very religious Jew and very observant, but you work with all these famous people and you've written Graham Norton, you work with Lucas and Williams and um, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and, and that sounds quite interesting. I'm sure you'd, I'd love you to come and talk to us about it. And, and I really, I was just, oh, okay. I, I didn't even think to even ask for any money. I think you might have given me a bottle of whiskey. And I went and, and, and uh, spoke to this community about my life. And, and you know, because obviously I'd been a comedian, but certainly I'd been a writer and producer and what have you, it, I, I liked, I could make it funny and I liked hearing laughs. You know what it's like when it's a bit like being a, a smoker. And, you know, you take your first drag of a cigarette for the first time in years. I go, God, I, I love this. The audience are laughing. This is great. And so he must have told other people because suddenly I kept getting more requests, right? And every time I did it, it, I made it a bit funnier. And I put in a few more jokes. And at one point I just thought, you know what? I could actually, I'd like to just turn this into a bit of stand-up. And, try, and, and, and I did. And suddenly it's like I'm doing, I've got a, I've got a, show on Radio 4 and I'm doing two off-Broadway shows and, and he just took off and I'm touring around the world. It was this, it, the strangest, real, just serendipity is the only word Amazing. for it, really. Yeah. Are you still, you, someone... are, you, are, you, are you now, have you now relaxed? Your, I thought you were going to say the rabbi called me and said, dial it down a bit, mate. You're, you're, a, you're, a, you're being a bit too... Been too Jewish. Been too Jewish. Bad, yeah. uh, been too yeah, far. Yeah, you're, you're uh, <laughs> no, exactly. Well, you know what the weird thing is? Is that I became very religious, and and I mean, uh, God, there's another book to be written here about how I ended up in, in effectively what's a cult, and then ended up leaving it. But um, I, what I will say is that becoming very religious led to me touring as a stand-up around the world, which led to me not being doing it anymore because it's one of those things that you have to kind of just do by rote every day, going and doing the same things. And suddenly I was off doing other stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's been an odd life. That's um, it's really interesting, actually. It's a, it's, a, it's a great story. Yeah, as you say, I'm sure there's another book in there. Obviously, your Jewishness is a part of, uh, of this book. But this book, as you've uh, as you've said, is really about being a parent of kids with special education needs and without as well. So, I mean, you've got six kids, which would yes. be enough for me. I've got two kids uh, who, I, as far as I know, <laughs> don't have any special education needs, but they are both <laughs> the children of two comedians. So there's every chance something's going to appear. Uh, so far, neither of us have been diagnosed with anything, but that's only because we haven't tried. Uh, and so, uh, so yeah, so two kids is hard. I've, I've got a friend uh, who's a comedian with five kids and I've been around to his house and it was absolute fucking bedlam and he seemed unable to cope with it. Um, so just having six kids is incredible, but, uh, you know, an incredible uh, thing to have to navigate and get through. But obviously this, you have extra challenges on top of that. So do you want to, uh, I, I want to do my bit from Encanto. I love Encanto. Uh, so many kids in your house, so let's turn the sound up. You know why? I think it's time for a Blaker Kid Roundup. Uh, that's from Encanto. But uh, mm. there's a lot There's a lot of kids in your house. Do you want to take us through who everyone is? So, uh, yeah, well, the great thing is, is that so people always like, will always say to me, God, it must be mental in your house and what have you. And it certainly was. Um, this book is written 
on like 19 years of lived experience. Yeah. So my eldest son is now 19. He works at, now he has autism and ADHD. He was, to put it mildly, a handful as a child. Um, an absolute wild force of nature. He was diagnosed with autism and ADHD when he was three. But he, he's, his, his story alone is quite remarkable. He now works at Terminal 3 at Heathrow yeah. Insecurity. He's one of those people who's telling you to uh, get uh, your laptop out your bag. He was telling me recently that whenever they see a dildo on the um, on the screen, they always stop the person just to embarrass them. So, so whatever you do, if you if, if take a dildo, pack it, put your dildos in a check luggage. Don't put it in the carry-on. I mean, I'd because, have and, that was good advice, unless it's a very yeah. long flight. You know, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because because him him and his friends will be stopping you just to embarrass you. So yeah, so you know, he's out and he works like he loves work. He he loves work and he he works often six days a week. Uh, so he's not in the house. My next son is 18 and he's in um, year 13, final year of school. The old upper six in, in old money. Uh, and then the next son is nearly 16. So they're teenagers, they're teenagers. But, um, and obviously, you know, the challenges change. Suddenly it's most of my time is, can you drive me here? Can you drive me there? Can you pick me up? Et cetera. But uh, it certainly was absolute chaos. But the idea was this book was, to be honest, it, it I just wanted to write the books that I wish I'd read myself 16 yeah. years ago. Because when my eldest son was diagnosed, I read loads of books um, and around the subject, my and they were so bloody depressing. Oh, my God. I mean, it just really miserable um, outlook. I saw, at least I just wanted to not, shook, not shy away from the challenges, because there are many, many challenges, and certainly don't shy away from them, but wanted to write something that at least is positive, and hopeful and hopefully funny as well yeah so you know and it definitely is that i mean i think it were it is a book that everyone can read i think it is definitely probably more you know more focused on parents with special educational needs but you know i think but also i think you know it it's it with with any book i think you you know you want to get a glimpse into a life that isn't your own as well so although you give advice uh and you know most of which is you know you have to work it out for yourself but it's still very it's still very helpful because obviously every situation is different i think it's you know it's very helpful as a parent just to see someone else admitting to struggling with screens, screen time, and you know, kids fighting and kids disagreeing. So you know, I think everyone will get something out of this. And as you say, it is funny as well as being uh, traumatic at times and worrying at times. And you know, you you've had to. You're a very obstinate person yourself, uh, which you know, I think uh, the, the the chapter about you trying to get uh, one of your kids into oh, school yeah. you wanted to get into. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't like to have dealt with you, even though I think you you were clearly in the right and, you know, legally in the right. Uh, that yeah. school, that school, uh, you know, must have thinking, must have thinking, oh, this guy or this guy's going to give up in a second. No, well, this is this is what I think a lot of schools. So a lot of parents of kids with special needs go through this kind of thing, either in terms of the, they don't want the kids or they don't want to provide the help that's necessary. Whatever, and it is a bit of a battle. And parents have got the weight of the law usually on their side. And, but they, I think they do rely on basically being such assholes. They will go away. And that's, yeah. um, that's exactly what we had. 
So, um, yeah, so that's in the chapter. So I say, the, so the book is, as, as you know, is a A to Z, but appropriately for uh, about kids who might find learning difficult, it's all in the wrong order. It's all jumbled up. The first chapter is M is for meetings, meetings, meetings. And the chapter you're talking about is called N is for no room at the inn. And we did have an absolute nightmare with our eldest son as the school we wanted him to go to just wouldn't, they wouldn't play ball at all. And even when the local council said, you've got to take him, they took it to, uh, the they took it to Ed Balls himself, the now star of uh, Good Mo- Good uh, Morning Britain, is it? Yeah. yeah um, but yeah, but at the time was Secretary of State for Education, what have you. They even then wanted to take it to the uh, House of Lords. Actually, that chapter, bizarrely, it, 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 if you think, oh, you might be making some of this up, I've toned that down because <laughs> it was you, it, it's just too unbelievable. Um, they they do rely on, and, and I should say as well, a lot of people at the time, and I do say this in the book, said, well, hang on, they didn't want you. It, it just seems strange why you would have fought such a battle. Yeah. But the truth is, we really did believe it was a very good school. And which is why when he did eventually get in, we, you know, our relationship with them, well, we did repair the relationship quite a lot. And we trusted them because, you know, there's no point in fighting and then just, trying to micromanage that would have been yeah. nonsensical so we did leave him to go with it and he left um he, he you know secondary school that's my eldest adam he you know he went to more schools than an ofsted inspector but in primary school he did go all the way through to the end of year six and enjoyed it made friends and it was actually a pretty uh, much a positive experience yeah, well, you know, it's it shows. I mean, I think it shows the, the 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 importance of digging your heels in if you're right. And like you say, I think a lot of people would go. I don't want to go to this school that seem like dicks. But uh, but you know, you know, you obviously did the right thing. So it's you know, it's a testament to you and you, written by yourself, admittedly. But <laughs> but it's still great. Yeah, um, I mean, the, the, yes, you've only heard my side of the story. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's, uh, but yeah, I do. I didn't know. You know what? It was quite. So writing this book was quite traumatic at times because there were some things that were very recent. I can remember, you know, anecdotes that are just very fresh in the mind, and some things that I either were a long time ago or that I purposely buried, and I had to dig through a lot of emails. I kept all the emails. I kept all the paperwork. So for that chapter, you know, it's it is. You, I only hear my side of the story, but it's really based not just on memory on proper um, uh, uh, sources. I read history, so I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I was doing a history PhD, so I pride myself on my sources. Okay. And there was no... Uh, there was no 17th century manuscript, frankly, in this one. <laughs> but, you know, equally, you know, as a reader, you think, Christ, this family are going through this with one of their children, uh, but they have, well, maybe didn't have five others at that, at that exact yeah. time. But, you, you know, you have several other kids, each with their own well, individual needs yes. as well. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, I mean, this is the, the thing as any parents of children, uh, certainly neurodivergent children would know, you know, a child isn't born and, the midwife looks at a baby and goes, oh, your child is autistic. These are things that will get assessed and, you know, a snail's pace. These, these things can take forever. Uh, as I say, my eldest son was diagnosed at three. Our third son was diagnosed at six. I was diagnosed at 48. So who knows, you know, when these things are going to kind of become un- un- uncovered. And so had we known, now had had our eldest son been born in, and, you were told immediately, look, 
just so you know, your son has got autism, ADHD. He's not going to talk for till he's like seven or eight. He's going to be an absolute handful. He's going to be, we might have thought twice about having more children, but we didn't know. And that's yeah. the thing. You just carry on blindly um, going, yes, go on. This seems like a good idea. We can handle another one. And then, as I say, we had, uh, as, as there's a chapter uh, about our uh, adopt, two chapters actually, about our adoption yeah. of, uh, we had four sons. And then we just saw this very strange advert. I've never, literally never seen anything like it since. It's not like I've, you know, you look through a local newspaper and oh, we saw one of those adverts about adopting a child. Weirdly, it's the only time I've ever seen anything like it. There was an advert from the London Borough of Hackney um, about a child. It had a photo of this child in the advert. She was called Deborah, not her real name. That was the pseudonym they used. And it said, Deborah is one years old. She's got Down syndrome. She's a gorgeous child. And, and for some reason, I saw this, my wife saw it, and we just thought, you know what? We could do this. And um, ended up, it was a, a long, a long old process, but ended up adopting her. So, yeah, yeah we just taking on, taking, just obviously thought our life wasn't hard enough. Let's, well, you're let's an make extraordinary, it definitely an extraordinary family. And most, you know, most people even without kids might think twice about uh, adopting a, a kid with uh, Down syndrome. So it's, it's, you know, it's, it is, a, you know, it's sort of a slightly almost baffling, but then actually, <laughs> of course, admirable. And you do, you know, you go through your thought process and, and it makes, it does make sense. And it's been, uh, a, a, you know, as well as a difficult experience, a, a very rewarding experience. It's a very rewarding experience. I mean, I, I will be totally honest. If, if I'd, you know, I don't say this lightly at all. Had I known quite how challenging it would be, even now, she's uh, she's just turned 15. Right. She came to live with us when she was two. I think we might have thought twice. Uh, and I, I, you know, I absolutely love her. Um, and, and, you know, I'm not suggesting we give her back, as it were. But, um, and she is part of what makes our family what it is. But, oh, my God, she is challenging. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, she's, she's kind of plateaued. She, she's 15. She's going through teenage hormones, etc. But she's also wears, she's not like toilet trained. She wears nappies. She's, you know, she requires a lot of personal care. Um, and she needs to be watched the whole time. Recently, we had no hot water in the house. And I called, I was like, oh, God, what now? And I called the plumber. He's hunting around. He just can't work out the problem. And realized that there's just a switch in the utility room. She's just turned off. Uh, very kind man. He didn't charge us, but um, you know that you can't watch her because she you can't you can't take your eyes off her because she will take scissors and cut her hair. She'll draw on the wall. She'll draw on her face. She'll she looks like a kind of Down syndrome post Malone with all scribbles <laughs> all over her face. She turns off the heat. You know she she just needs to be watched the whole time. Yeah. Um, and yes, I had I know that, but there you go. These are the things you. It seemed a good idea at the time, and uh, we do love her very much. <laughs> of course, so, but you know, it's that it's, su- it's such a you know you're very you're a very impressive family, and it's very imp- you know that's it, it's a very human you know humane and wonderful thing to do. Especially you know even again as I say, even just if you had your own kids, I mean, there was several. You know, I guess most people who adopt, maybe I'm wrong about this, but most people who adopt don't have kids i would have i would have thought and, and yes yeah i think that's a lot of the case yeah. yeah 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 no it's a very unusual it was a very unusual case all round so normally what happens is is you will be a set so 
let's say someone um, decides they want to adopt, maybe they don't have children, as you say, often the case, uh, and then that will take like best part of a year to be assessed. And it's, oh God, it's a very grueling process. I go into it a little bit in the book, some of the odd questions they ask you about your child. They, they ask questions like, did you go to many birthday parties when you were in primary school? Why are you asking this? I don't, don't understand the relevance. They're trying to kind of get this big picture of you of what you're like. Um, but then having approved you, let's say you go for a year, they go to this panel, this adoption panel, they approve you. Then you might wait years to be matched to a child, someone who they say child X can be matched with family Y. Um, the ours was a very unusual case because it was we we didn't we had no desire to adopt per se. It was purely this child who we had seen advertised, um, and um, yeah, so it, it was purely for her, for her, and and yeah, I mean, look, it was I, I it's very hard. I, I do talk about the thought process, but I still can't really explain it beyond a kind of moment of madness or divine inspiration. I just don't know. Something yeah. came over us. We thought we could do that. Um, I, I, I was tempted to call Hackney and say, would you take a part exchange for Adam? They wouldn't hear of it. Uh, so it was either her or couldn't get rid of any other kids. That was it. And uh, yeah, we, we, we ended up doing it. Yeah, well, you know, I think you're making. Pe- I think as a parent, you're tired. You make impetuous decisions. This is in no way similar to your case, but we moved house, had a child, and decided to get a puppy at the same time. And that was that. Just even that was the craziest. It was. It was all spaced out in our minds, but then it all happened at exactly the same time. And the house wasn't ready, and we had the worst fucking six months of our lives as a result of that. So you know, we look back and go, why did we? Why did we take a dog at the same time as two? Those other things. Uh, so I yeah. think sometimes, you know, I think sometimes you don't think as a parent, and sometimes you just make a decision. But you know, again, it, it, it all. It, it, you know, maybe you're like me. I think I like to put myself in in challenging positions to see if I can. I mean, that's a, see if you oh, can get out. Definitely. And that's a sort of, sort of stand up thing, isn't it? I often in a stand up gig will almost try and throw it to see if I can win it back again. You know, so it's it's. <laughs> there's a sort of weird like let's make this a bit more this let's make this very difficult thing a bit more difficult <laughs> See how yeah no i think yeah i i uh well quite i mean that was me at 16 i suppose i, I, I wasn't <laughs> a, a, attempting uh i wasn't throwing it i just I, that was every gig i was just seeing <laughs> if i could win it back but i think that we are 100 percent um both people even notwithstanding what i was talking about my own diagnosis I think we are people who who don't like standing still. There are some yeah. people who I, I know, like I have one brother. Um, he's very, you know, he's kind of been the same as like, he's had the same haircut even since uh, I can remember since he was eighteen or whatever. Some people stay the same. My parents are very much like that. They they had the same friends since I can remember. They go on holiday to the same places, eat in the same restaurants, do the same things. And some people love that. We've just not like that. We are always going. Yeah, let's completely we're settled so let's completely throw it all by moving or adopting a, a little girl with down syndrome or you know so I, so I think that maybe that's something you share it's that thing of just going yeah go on then let's, let's just <laughs> we're settled let's not rest on our laurels let's do something mental now yeah but no then, good you know but look at look at i mean you know and all this time and i think you but neither of you are working you're both working you're doing this very high-powered job you're doing a job that occasionally takes you away from home for weeks on end or, you know, and, and having to parent via Zoom. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, They always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I mean, you know, it's it's an incredible thing, but it shows that it's possible to get through it. I think anyone would read this. I can't imagine many people are in the position you're in where they've got so many kids. So most people are going to read this and go, okay, well, if those guys, if those guys can manage this, then I've got a chance of managing it too, which I think is one of the most, the most sort of instructive things about it. Because as I say, I don't think you're not, your advice is very good, I think, but it's also, it is very much like, um, you know, embrace and accept your situation. Well, you know, it's not no. saying you have to do this in this situation. It's mm. about knowing what your own particular case is. Yeah, I think, look, I think there's a real need for, I suppose if there's any one central message as well, it's about embracing diversity, I suppose. Yeah. Because I think we, um, you know, we're very good at embracing diversity in in many aspects of life. You know, we're used to seeing very different kinds of people on TV or hearing them on radio or what have you. But we're, most people like to hang out with and surround themselves with people who are identical to themselves. Um, also, we're quite good at accepting neurodiversity in adults. And, and, and you know, we, I think I mentioned this in the book, that like how many comedians, I mean, you, you, God, as you said earlier, like half the comedy circuit has been diagnosed with some degree of uh, neurodiversity in the last few years. And, and, you know, and it makes you think, God, wow, if, if um, you know, if, if Sue Perkins or Johnny Vegas or Fern Brady, think how brilliant all these comedians are. And so we should be great. Uh, you know, we should be we should be grateful to all our neurodiverse people for, for the wonderful um, comedy they've given us and art and all the rest of it. But yet we're not very good at accepting it from kids. No, it's true. And. And, you know, when there's a kid in the on the tube or in the supermarket having a bit of a meltdown, we're not very good at accepting that. People still kind of puff or look and, 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 and it's still very uncomfortable. And it'd be great if we could extend the same acceptance that we do to all of the uh, aforementioned uh, people 
that we do to, to children, that, that, that would be a wonderful thing. So I think if there is one kind of big message, that's it. And I, I think that's also true for all kids, right, that we're trying, you know, you've got to mould them a little bit and try and make, make them into, into well-formed human beings and adults. But, you know, it's, it's very tempting. My son is, you know, is, is, is a very rambunctious, you know, like most five-year-olds, <laughs> like many five-year-old boys, uh, you know, running around, not doing what he's told, you know, loves to laugh, loves to try and make jokes, and some of them are funny and some of them aren't. Uh, and you know it's very difficult to go. Hey, you be <laughs> you want to be, but I think you have. You whilst you can't do it all the time, you you have to kind of let them be themselves. You know, I think you know. So it is. It is. Um, well, yeah, it's it, it's, it's, an inter- a, it's interesting for everyone is what I'm saying. You know, I think it's it's an interesting. No, but there's a tempting thing with parenting. I think that you see people often judge their success by wanting to turn their children into kind of little mini-me's, clones yeah. of themselves and what have you. Um, and I've seen it in my own life. I mean, my parents, I think my parents, uh, I mean, bless them, I don't want to uh, knock them too much by any means. Um, but, uh, you know, talking, if you talk, think about like my religious journey, there was a period when they, they thought I was uh, too religious. They just couldn't understand it. They just thought I was insane. Uh, didn't uh, uh, and then and then I've kind of gone the other way and I'm I um and my recent uh, hyperfixation is tattoos. I'm, yeah, I know it's that one of your interviews. Yeah, you got a lot yes. of tattoos. And, and, and now they 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 kind of furious about that, and I've gone too far <laughs> the other way. And, and you know, you're kind of like you're never going to be basically really. You'd only be happy if I was exactly the same as you. That's yeah. really that you you have set the gold standard. Now that's in one very specific thing, but I do think that that is. I see that with parents all the time. Um, and I think it's, and it's really hard. It's really hard to kind of be accepting enough just to say, look, you, you do you and we will support you and try and give you advice when asked and what have you, but let you make your own mistakes. And um, but yeah, that, I think that's, it's about practicing acceptance acceptance yeah. of accepting your accepting your own reality of what your family looks like and what your children are like and then accepting them as they are yeah i mean so, it's good it's, you know, so it's, it's much harder than it sounds. it is very hard <laughs> it's very hard but you know absolutely you're entirely right now i listen to the audio book which is a lot of fun uh, what i like as well i mean it, it's I think it's great, always great to have a comedian read their own book. So that, I mean, it really helps with you understanding where the jokes are, I think, in the delivery, because sometimes people won't, uh, you know, deliver it in the right way. But uh, there's a nice chapter which is written by your kids, but also in the audio book uh, read, or or at least, I don't know if it's improvised for the audio book or yeah. if it's written in the book, because I listen to the audio book. Yes. Oh, you listen to the audio book. Yes, yeah. yeah. So one of the chapters is called K is for Kids, uh, Kids Have Their Say. And then so we record. It's very short. It's mostly my kids kind of swearing, uh, and they uh, and so yes, they actually recorded it. They came to the studio and recorded it. But I'm glad you enjoyed it. The, I will say that was <laughs> one of the things. My, I'm I'm a nightmare to work with. So I always think I can do it better. I always think that, and, and I and particularly because I've been a producer, I always just think oh, I I want to I want to produce this myself. And I, I, that chapter, I actually was saying, I was like over the engineer's shoulder going, well, can't it be, can we not have uh, like at mass and a bit, it needs to be, they need to be talking over each other. There's a scene, they're kind of just all chatting. And um, he went, oh no, this isn't, you know, this is an audio book. It's not a, it's not a radio play. 
You go, yeah, I know, but it just sounds, what it ends up sounding like to me, I'm just a bit of a self-critic, <laughs> to me it ends up sounding like they're reading a book, which is exactly what they are doing. That is the point of an audio book. <laughs> but to me, I want it to sound more like the Radio 4 show, that they're chatting and yeah. but that's only, it's, a, it's, it's well, about. I think, I think it's pretty good. I think it does sound pretty, you know, given oh, the tricks oh, of it. I think it does sound, you know, but I love the idea of you sacking that's your good. own children for not performing well enough. So well done. That's no, they're, 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 <laughs> no it wasn't their performance. <laughs> It was it was the audio it was Harper Collins audio team. I, <laughs> I, I my children, I thought were pretty good. They they'll pretty they'll good. sit and swear uh, quite happily. Yeah, yeah. there's a, but there's also a chapter written by your wife that she doesn't read out, and it's suspiciously yeah. it's suspiciously nice about yeah. you. And yeah. uh, I wondered whether she actually wrote it. Whether you are even married is is my big no. Question. That is. <laughs> no, so there is a chapter that is just uh, S is for spouse, which is again, it's quite a short chapter. It's about uh, uh, it's clearly written, which is written by me. Uh, and in fact, uh, my editor said to me, "Is Gemma going to read that chapter?" And I said, no, well, no, that that would ruin the joke. That, that's not going to work because the whole point is that it's just praising my praising yeah. me. Um, but kids are very. I mean, the, I mean, you know, it, it is important point that I mean, people have said to me you know how do your kids feel you've written about them you've written some quite revealing things uh, some potentially embarrassing anecdotes and what have you um how how do they feel about that and um they say they 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 have they have read uh, they've read it or they've involved with it and they've um they there was a, 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 done two series of the show on radio four called 6.5 children which they they perform as themselves in it so they're very kind of invested. And I think that's really important to me. I, I, I wouldn't want to kind of, I wouldn't have wanted to do this if, if I, they weren't kind of fully on board. I think that was really no. important. Yeah, it's, um, it's always difficult. I mean, comedians have to deal with this all the time, right? The people you're writing about, uh, you know, that you do routines about are real people often, if the, if the stories mm. are real. And you do have to think mm. about that. And obviously when it's your own kids... Uh, even if they, even if they're happy, or they don't know, you know, my kids don't know about this stuff. I'm doing about them largely, mm. but there might come a point where they go, "I don't like." That. I think John Ronson went through that, didn't he? Where he'd write about his son in a very entertaining Guardian column, and eventually his son went, "I don't really like this anymore," and so he had to, you know, he right. did the right thing and he and he stopped doing it. So I mean, that that's all right. you can really do. I think is is based on no, what, whatever they're telling you at the time. Yeah. No. But. That- so I've read quite a few books of uh, not just comedians, but you know, parenting memoirs about being a parent, a mother, a father, what have you. Uh, there's quite a few out there. What I will say about them, uh, and I personally find it a little bit frustrating sometimes, is that, that, but for obvious reasons, they the children will be very anonymous. You often won't even get their names. Yeah. You certainly won't see photos and what have you. What I will say about my book, and one of the things that I like about it the most, is. The children are the stars. I, it's not about me. It's about them. They are the stars of it. People who've read it have said to me, oh, my favourite is uh, this one. My favourite is that one. Uh, um, they're the stars. It's not about me. Uh, and I, I think that's, I really like that aspect of it. I wanted readers to get to know my kids. I think they are very funny, entertaining, interesting characters. And I, I, I think that that's something that I hope comes across. You really get to know them. Who's your favourite? Did you have a Did you have a favourite? Um, I <laughs> do like. Um, now I'm going to get the names wrong. Uh, Zoe, is that right? right? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And yes. Um, yeah, I like the, the Bailey is obviously uh, yes. a legend. 
Um, yeah. all, you know, I mean, you do you do get to know, uh, know all of them. You get in, to know them. That's the thing. Point. That's it. Exactly. You get to know them. It's, a, it's not fair that. to make me choose my favourite child no, of yours. Actually. Fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Exactly. Exactly. I wouldn't. Exactly. That's fair enough. <laughs> Zoe's clearly <laughs> your favourite. So, you know. <laughs> yes. Um, well, so Zoe's the one we adopted. Yes. Yeah, so she, yeah. Well, she is because she's the only, she, she is the, I would say she's the absolute kind of, jewel in the crown because she's the only one who shares none of my genes so <laughs> she's never she's never she doesn't talk shit all day she doesn't um she's never manipulative she's never hurled an argos catalogue at my head <laughs> while shouting you know i like football where my goalposts she's an unfussy eater she's yeah she's not that's the thing she doesn't have any of my uh suspect genes so you know she's that 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 that's why that's fair enough and we haven't talked about the fact that you you um you have a good way of uh, delineating. And it's very, it's always very hard, I think, to, I've talked about this through my work with uh, Scope and stuff, uh, that it's very difficult to um, uh, use the correct words for everything, especially when you're talking about people who aren't disabled. Uh, and, I, you know, I had uh, I had a discussion with someone at a Scope event. I said, well, you know, we can't, can't say not disabled, abled seems wrong. And she said, right. we call you the not yet disabled, which I think is a fantastic uh, a fantastic way of describing the non, whatever you're going to call it, and they're not yet disabled. Uh, but, uh, you know, you've got quite a, I think, a pretty, a pretty good way of describing, you know, the... Yes, so I didn't want to reuse these, these terms again and again, but with, you know, neurotypical, neurodivergent, disabled, not disabled, yeah. So throughout the book, they are called zappers and cold play. So, cold, so mainstream children are like cold play. Perfectly good, but rather boring. Like Keir Starmer, you know, they're like the missionary position, basically. <laughs> That's what so that they're, they're referred to throughout as cold plays. And then special needs children are more like avant-garde in comparison. They're like avant-garde musicians, like a Captain Beefheart or a Patti Smith or a Frank Zappa. So I refer to them throughout as, as Zappers because they're like Frank Zappa. They don't, you know, they're, 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 they're rebellious, alternative, sometimes unspeakably shit. <laughs> But they don't care. They don't like Frank Zappa. They don't give a fuck. And that is why I love them. They just don't care. So just as a Frank Zappa doesn't doesn't care whether he's uh, uh, selling enough records or whether, um, you know, your, your CDs are going to sell in Sainsbury's, that's kids with special needs. And I really, I, I, that again actually seems to be something that people have really kind of uh, latched onto. I, when I look at reviews on Amazon and what have you, it always seems to be, or oh, as a parent of two zappers, or as a parent of it's something that that language. Because I, I think it's really a kind of really positive thing that it's not something that's to be, you know, sad about or, or embarrassed of or what have you. And just in the same way that I was always one of those annoying muso types who want to. I specifically want to listen to the music no one else listens to <laughs> because oh, it's too challenging for you who would listen to uh, uh, mainstream music. I'm also parenting the children who would be too challenging for most. But that's that's the thing. This is the kind of the avant-garde children. Yeah. yeah. I so, think it's, I, really I like mean that. Coldplay's a bit cruel on uh, <laughs> the other way but I think maybe that's there's a I kind of wonder, you know, like the problem, I, with, the problem like, with kids is they'll turn anything into an insult. So every time you try and you try and make something more palatable, kids will manage to find a way. But I think Zappa no. is quite hard. To, also, they won't really know what it means, but it sort of just sounds like Zappa. It sounds it sounds like a kind of cool thing. 
Uh, I think I yeah. don't. I don't I, think it can be used in a pejorative way. But you know, kids of the world prove no. me wrong. I uh, <laughs> well, I I yeah, I know. It's always amazing what you know. I was telling my kids about um, you know Joey Deacon and yes. how well intentioned Blue Peter was in having uh, uh, Joey Deacon on on, on TV and, and how that became. Um, the, the biggest playground insult. But um, I, I was on, oh, what show was it? I think Morning Live on, on BBC One. And I mentioned this and a woman emailed me and said that her son was now calling himself Zach the Zapper. Oh, great. And I loved that. I absolutely <laughs> loved that. I thought it was so wonderful. Yeah. And uh, look, I like and I like Coldplay. Don't get me wrong. I <laughs> like Coldplay. So the, the, I think the analogy still works because I do like Coldplay. But there's something about that. Yes, it's just a bit. It's just yeah, more 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 out there, more challenging. Yeah, and there's tons. I like. I should Outside really say as well with this book. Uh, you know, as it, uh, it takes the, the subject seriously, I think comedy is a great way to deal with serious subjects, as uh, most comedians understand. And I think uh, you're absolutely right. I think a dry book about oh, my my struggles would n- would not be as interesting and would not be as engaging. And there's lots and lots of funny things. I think my favourite thing is Johnny Vine. I don't know if that's his real name or if you've changed his name. You've, you've blurred him out yeah, in the I photo. Did, I, noticed. I did change. Yes, I did change his name. <laughs> okay. I did change his name. And he, he, I emailed him. I retracted him down. He was a man from LA. So it's really weird, actually. So, uh, so basically, well, do you want to tell me why you... I just, you know, like, it's a really yeah, funny story. Okay. So it's, it's the, right. the kids, are, the, the kids you, you, because there's so many of you, you can't all sit on the same row in the aircraft <laughs> and you need to be an adult yeah. on every row. So someone has to reluctantly volunteer on the plane. Somebody reluctantly, <laughs> this man. So basically, yeah, we were flying to Greece. Uh, a man, basically, they said, look, the plane can't take off unless somebody moves and sits with <laughs> three of my, my three other kids. So this man from L.A., um, his real name, well, it doesn't his real name. Yeah, I just made it slightly less Jewish, to be honest. <laughs> right. His name was uh, Yoddy Weinstein. Anyway, the funny thing was, I, so he went and sat next to um, Dylan, my third son. And he basically, and it was very kind of him. He, he was from LA. They'd had, they'd been flying to London. He was really tired. He wanted to sleep and what have you. They were now flying on to Greece, him and his family. <laughs> and he sits down next to my son and my son says to him, like, where are you from? He says, oh, LA. And suddenly he just is like, do you know, do you, do you live near the studio? Do you know Adam West? My son is obsessed with Batman. Um, do you like The Simpsons? He says, do you like The Simpsons? This poor man stupidly went, yes. And suddenly he's like launched into, Favorite episode, least favorite episode, best cameo. He's like performing entire episodes. He's singing the Stonecutter song. Every time I kind of go back, he's just this poor man is having to listen for four hours. My son gets witter on for four hours. Uh, and then the funny thing was, so I, we do have a photo of him in the book. I had wanted, I need to get in touch with him to clear it. Uh, I spent ages people I knew in LA saying, do you know this person? Do you know this family? And it, after months of tracking him down, I got his email address and then realized at that point that I already had his email address in my phone anyway. Oh. So he'd given me the email address. <laughs> so I'd wasted months of trying to track it down, down a man whose number was in my phone. I hadn't thought to look. Um, but, uh, and then, yes, he said he, he really liked it. But uh, fair enough. I, I don't know if I'd want my photo in a, of, of someone else's book. But, uh, 
There you go. So he oh, when he comes, face. you know, he should have his phone because he comes across very well from me. It's just a, it's a lovely, incredibly kind man. It's a lovely. So I just like the you know being called by his full name all the time as well. It's just it's well that you know that's. I mean, I know you've done this as a Radio Four show, so it's already started as a comedy show, but it does feel like right for uh, being a TV sitcom. Is that is that something? Oh, in the, yeah, is it, no. something in the no, there, well, there's one chapter. I think it's probably my favourite chapter in the book. Actually, even though it's not, there's so lots of it's lots of advice. A chapter about meetings of schools, a chapter about hospital appointments, a chapter with uh, about uh, dietary issues, what have you. But there's one chapter just called V is for various times my children have humiliated me, which is just five anecdotes, and there's no kind of even attempt at trying to garner any advice from it beyond here are just five funny anecdotes. Um, and I, I think they're kind of five sitcom scripts, really. Yeah. And they, 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 I can imagine there's a, I won't spoil it, but there's a story that involves my children. Well, the use of the, not using the N word, but <laughs> misunderstanding what the N word is short for yeah. and embarrassing themselves and us. And I mean, yes, it kind of feels like it could be a, Oh, definitely, because because the actual word is so unlikely that it just sounds like you're lying anyway. So it's a, it's an absolute perfect <laughs> it, bit of comedy. It, 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 it sounds it sounds completely <laughs> made up and isn't at all. Um, yes, and a, a, um, it has a, a story of a this very odd story about my third son. Uh, sorry, my fourth son, who was caught in again. This is totally true. He was caught in the computer room at school. And got banned and, and uh, like searching for things online that he shouldn't have been. And we assumed, well, he's like, he was 12 at the time. Maybe he's looking at a naughty websites that he shouldn't do. And it turned out that he's got this weird hyperfixation about goats. And he had been Googling the term brilliant goats uh, again and again. And we asked him, well, why? Why? He goes, well, I like goats. I just wanted to look at pictures of goats. He said, but okay, but why why brilliant goats? <laughs> he goes, Well, I only want to look at the good ones. <laughs> oh, okay, fair enough, can't argue with that. They they yeah, so they look, it's it's three hundred and eighty four pages. Um frankly, it could have been trouble that they provide so much material. I've not had to uh, work too hard to um because the, the children just provide the material sure. quite uh, I guess that's having six children part of the part of that yes. but they, they 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 do provide an enormous amount of material so it wasn't actually too hard to write no that's good well you know it is i think it's a nice you know it's a nice format the a to z not but not necessarily all the right letters but not necessarily in the right order uh is 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 fun and uh, and also means that you can have a bit more of a narrative to it so it sort of works better than a simple a to z would be annoying because it wouldn't be that the things wouldn't the stories wouldn't come in the right order so yeah, it's a it's a clever little device but yeah it's it's it, as i say i think anyone with uh with zappers uh will find it uh very useful, and anyone with cold plays or a mixture yes. will uh, will yeah, get from the app yeah, as well. Yeah, and also the yes, I, it's, it's been. I mean, the people also have really enjoyed. It. I know so far, generally been out a couple of months, but it's uh, like teachers, people who are involved with carers, but also yeah, teachers, any professionals who are involved with children of different kinds of need. Um, so yeah, not even just for parents. I, I hear a lot of no. uh, teachers and other professionals. I've, I've really enjoyed it. 
Well, you know, and it's a warning to anyone who doesn't have kids to never have kids, which is my advice anyway, because, uh, you know, it's an absolute absolutely. living nightmare. <laughs> absolutely. I saw, actually, genuinely, I saw a review on Goodreads where somebody <laughs> said, I love this book, you gave it five stars, but said, I've now decided I'm never going to have children. Oh, God. Oh, wow. God. Oh, no. What have I done? I don't know. I wasn't sure that was good. Or I genuinely saw that. Well, it's a, it'd be a better world if everyone stops up. There are enough kids now, so let's all stop right yeah. now. I've got yeah, mine, you've I've got yours, it's much. all fine. Um, is there anything, uh, are, you, are you a big reader? Is there anything you're reading that is not by you that you'd like to recommend to our listeners? Um, oh, God. Um, what am I, well, at the moment, I'm reading every, I mean, this, they don't need me to plug this because it's, it, it's uh, doing very oh, yes. well in all the jobs. You, you know about this, Catherine Rundle? I do. Catherine's been a guest uh, when she was talking yeah. about her John Dunbar, which is amazing as well. But yes, she writes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Teenage fiction. No, so this, no. So this book, I mean, it says on the cover, you know, there was Tolkien, there was Pullman, and now there's this. I mean, wow. yeah, and it is great. It's a really, really good book. Uh, so I'm enjoying that. Uh, and uh, no, I'm I'm quite a big reader. Yeah. So. Um, depending on what I'm doing I will just go through phases where like I'll read three books in a week and other times it'll take me like a month to get through something well that's still still good I'm only reading books because I because I now have to for for this podcast which is part of the reason I did it because I like reading but I find it very hard to find time to do it um anyway let's um let's uh wrap it up there lovely to uh talk to you do buy Thank the you. book um normal schmormal uh, and uh, we will uh, be back next week with someone else. Thank you, of course, to Chris Evans, not that one, and Ben Evans, not that one. Uh, and we will see you next time with another very exciting book. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. RichardHerring.com slash ballback slash tour or RichardHerring.com slash gigs for all of the information on the tour. GoFasterStripe.com for lots of downloads and books and lots of fun. 
Thanks for listening. Go and listen to another one. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about the tour. I love you all. I'm out. <laughs>